Would you say that this is what the world dreams of? My head is spinning. Would you call it love? Would You Call It Love, recorded live by Kenny Gordon in Nashville, Tennessee. There is perhaps no greater tragedy than having your career cut short by a derailed freight train filled with high fructose corn syrup. Coming up at the top of the hour, the radio premiere of a brand new song by a guy named Mighty Mighty MC. Now he's a, he's a rapper and I gotta tell you, he's, a, he's very tattooed, got a lot of piercings, even the one on the eyebrow, but he has a message with which I relate And for that reason, I am going to play his song. So please join me at the top of the hour for the world premiere of I Hate Occupational Licensing. But first, Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. You are listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com. One eight hundred gambler. Do you have an addiction problem? I well, I'm going to define problem. Well, I mean, do you find that gambling is something that you can't control? You can't stop a gambling. No, I can stop gambling if I wanted to stop gambling. What I'd like to do is to put $3,000 on the don't pass line on the craps table. And I don't know if that's something you can set up for me. You could arrange it for me. Uh, I'm a little immobilized at the moment. I can't place any bets for you. You can't. Okay. Because it said help for gamblers on the billboard. Yes, yes, that's right. I was going down uh, the strip and I saw the sign. It said help for gamblers, 1-800-GAMBLING. And and that's Mm -hmm. why I'm here. And that means... Not physically, of course, just on the phone. Um, so you don't you don't do any bet placement? No, not not in the slightest. I, we're here to help people with gambling problems. Okay, because I'm uh, at the win, and there's a table seventeen. It's the uh, the five dollar blackjack table, mm-hmm. and I have it on good authority Ooh, that there's a royal coming up. And I just wanted to know if you might want to agree with me on that, or yeah no i we would have no say in that and and I believe that would be some level of card counting and and it sounds like you could be doing something illegal um which is neither here nor there. You shouldn't be gambling either way okay. I burnt through my son's college plan. It took me five and a half years. <laughs> well, that's longer than it would take him to go to college i i he wasn't able to squeak it out by then no no i just uh, I bet on him to not I bet that he would stay home and he um I won. Oh, that's who took that action. I am Lloyd's of London. I know they have lots of crazy prop bets, but they have they had a bet on whether your son would stay home or go to college. Yep. No kidding. Yeah. And they took it and I won. I convinced him to stay home. I, I let him order anything he wanted online for pizza, things like that, food. Uh, and we wow. have a really good internet connection. So he's quite happy. He doesn't need to go anywhere. So you destroyed your son's health. You fed, fed him garbage food, just catered to his every whim and compromised his education. So you could just uh, take a big uh, gambling score. Yeah. $37. Wouldn't you? <laughs> okay. No, I mean, well, first, like, if I was going to do that, I mean, I would, you know, especially, I mean, you're in a Pete Rose type of situation where you can fix the outcome of this. Like, 
go big brother. I mean, yeah. go, you know, sell your house and your second mortgage time, third mortgage, a reverse mortgage. Don't you watch Fox news? I don't watch Fox news. I actually, I just watch uh, Pete Rose documentaries. He's one of my heroes. For, as a baseball player? As a, a gambling baseball player. Ah. <laughs> you know, it's really the best of both worlds. It's like you, you pursue your passion and, and also you make a lot of scratch on the side. Yeah, I, that, that's definitely a dream. There's no getting around that. And guess what? And what? Lloyds of London bet that he would not find a girlfriend. Oh. Yeah. And so which, which side of that action did you take? I bet with them. <laughs> and I've done my best to, to prevent him from maintaining any kind of a relationship or meeting anybody. What, what sort of things have you done with your, your son's love life? Well, it's what haven't I done? You know, I'll, oh, I'll make terrible okay. noises. Um, I'll, I'll pick up his Tinder and swipe left on everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I change his profile name to Pedo Jim. <laughs> and there's an app that will add awful facial hair and scarring to you. Oh, really? Yeah, to your photographs. Okay, well, I'm going to Google that when we hang up. What, um, uh, like, you know, if he brings a, a girl home, let, let, let's say, or, or goes out on a first date, you know, if he gets that far, how do you, um, how do you make sure that you, your, your, your bet uh, lands? Well, I mean, there are costumes you can wear. There are things you can say, epithets you can hurl. I mean, you know, really whatever it takes. Sure. Well, can you give me some examples of like the last girl that he uh, courted unsuccessfully, I assume? Yeah. Well, uh, he had met her online and they had maintained a relationship online for quite some time. And then they decided mm -hmm. to meet and they were going to okay. meet at a Denny's <laughs> in the parking mm -hmm. lot. Okay. Gosh. And so when I saw her park her car, I immediately uh, in reverse rolled into it and made it seem like she had deliberately struck me from the rear. I feigned whiplash. I sued her and I've destroyed her life. <laughs> so you, this woman meets your dipshit son in the parking lot of a Denny's, a kid with no future, but somehow she's willing to take a chance that She's going to find love over the moons over my hammy. Yeah. And that, you know, she kept crying. Like I thought I could overcome this. I really thought he was a, he was something. I thought that we would have had something special. I could have been a great wife to him. And I was just screaming, Sue, Sue, Sue. And where was your son during this? Well, he was in a heap uh, on the curb weeping as he will do. I would imagine he never probably fully developed. He just, Pointed at her and said, pretty lady cry. And he just seems so sad and filled me with great joy. Was there a prop bet that he couldn't get out of second grade? Well, um, yeah, I did look for a school that did a particularly bad job of teaching him. Uh -huh. I managed to save a lot of money and uh, destroy his education in the process. So, so you, you won the girlfriend, bet. How, how much did you clear there? It must've been a, a good haul, at least for all that work. Uh, it was pretty solid. It was about 40, $47. Are you just really conservative with your bets? I do, My dad always said, don't take a big gamble. Never take a major risk. But he, he always said Ricks because he never pronounced risk correctly, but he'd said, don't take a major Ricks. And I was like, okay, um, then I won't. And so I never have. I've never made a bet more than $53.
What was the bet? I bet that I was not going to hit a streetlight. <laughs> oh, gosh. What? <laughs> but you hit the streetlight. Oh, yeah. Uh, I said that seems like that seems like you really hit the streetlight. What happened? Well, my son was trying to meet this girl. They were going to meet at the streetlight. And so I figured if the streetlight wasn't there, meeting avoided. Okay. Well, uh, you know, my, my, my phone is, is I've got so many other people on hold here and I'm just sort of talking to you. You, you clearly, you have a lot of problems. I will say that. So I'm glad you called and spoke to someone, but you probably should speak to someone else. Um, Child Protective Services, because uh, I, I don't imagine your son is emancipated yet. Um, you, you just need some help, sir. Red or black? I know you're not much of a, a sports fan. You don't really follow sports. You don't really sort of check a lot of boxes that you know people would consider to be like masculine. Um, but did you by any chance hear of the story that um, New Era, the, the company that makes baseball caps, uh, released a bunch of sort of specialty, what they call local market hats. And um, with, so it's, you know, it'd be the team logo, like for the Yankees, it'd be like the NY logo on the blue cap. But then they would add different like local flavor icons and logos. Like a lobster to the main, to the main baseball team. If Maine has one, <laughs> the main lobsters, do they have like a lobster motif? Yeah, well, yeah, the, the main team, I think, was dissolved back when they never were formed. But I think the Red Sox might have a lobster on there. Do they? So it's funny that you say that. You're, yeah. I think so you're you're exactly sniffing this out right. Yeah. So like the Yankees have like the Statue of Liberty and like a yellow taxi cab, stuff, stuff like that. Right. You know, all the and, and everyone mocked it so much because they're so simplistic and stupid. Yeah. That, um, that they, they pulled the caps. So they oh, wouldn't be I'm sorry, new era. You know, I, I know you're a bit of, um, you, you design hats for a living. That's one of yes. your, your other sort of jobs. Yeah. And, and so I know that you, um, you know, new era had sort of a, a bunch of hats that they were getting ready to introduce. And yeah. I was just wondering if you could tell us what some of the logos or, or imagery or, or phrases were for some of these, uh, MLB caps. Absolutely. Yeah. So of course, you know, I, I, I referenced the, um, the Yankees, but of course, New York has a second team, the New York Mets. Could, you know, could you tell me what's on the, the New York Mets hat? Yes. The New York Mets. Now they're based in, I believe, Brooklyn, Queens, New York. Good. That's right. They're in Queens. And so the New York Mets are in Queens. Well, mm -hmm. what do you think of when you think of Queens? That's right. RuPaul. So the New York Mets <laughs> has a RuPaul, you know, just kind of waving uh, with a base, holding a baseball in one hand uh -huh. and just like a, a friendly wave in the other. And of course the hats are, are shaped like a rainbow. It's a, that's just the New York Mets way of doing things. Oh, that's nice. But they also have variations because Queens are also represent royalty, right? So there's oh. New York Mets has, they're out of Queens and there's a Henry the eighth just standing there being fat and murdering maybe 50,000 people. Cause he, he, he liked to do that. Right. Now that's, yeah, I, I can see why New Era would want to tap into that market. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that's the New York Mets for you. Yeah, well, I guess so. That's so interesting. It's, yeah. It's interesting how, what different teams choose to focus, focus on, like the, the the pluses and minuses of their communities, too. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, I mean, oh. the, the RuPaul definitely being a plus. I mean, he's got a TV show, so he has to be great. And, um, and, you know, and, the, and Henry VIII, I mean, he's a lot, he, executed some wives and divorced some other ones, but you know, lovely guy other than that and all the killing. Ab absolutely right. Um, I was wondering if you could tell us about the Chicago white Sox hat. Yes. The Chicago white Sox hat. Well, of course 
Uh, Chicago is known. It's the windy city for one. It's mm-hmm. the home sure. of, of second city SCTV, you know, was, was mm-hmm. there and, and they launched a lot of careers there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and Chicago, it's got canals. They have a fantastic uh, St. Patrick's day parade and an incredible homicide rate. So the Chicago mm-hmm. white Sox hat is, is covered in, it's filled with bullet holes and blood stains. Uh, and then there's another one that has Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who's an incredibly charismatic woman, uh, just kind of like steering uh, from the front of the hat. It just looks like she's peeking out from the brim just to kind of, and, and it's fascinating the way that clears a crowd. You'll see like somebody with this hat on and the crowd in front of them will just disperse. It's a fantastic thing to wear to a crowded arena or a crowded nightclub or any crowded place you'd like to go in the days of COVID. No, the, yeah, that's great. That's great. And do you know that she um, she won't talk to white people who wear that hat? That's right. She won't talk. Yeah, you have to be a person of color wearing a hat in order for Mayor Lori Lightfoot to talk to you, which isn't racism. Yeah. It's progress, Jack. Yeah, we're we're making great progress. Here. Yes. Um, okay, so that's Chicago. Well, you know, gosh, that makes so much sense. I was wondering, um, you know, great classic team. Of course, they broke everyone's heart when they left Brooklyn. Um, Los Angeles Dodgers. Yes, the L.A. Dodgers. Well, you know, the Dodgers uh, are from Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And Los Angeles is known for what? Well, um, Hollywood, of course. A lot of celebrities there. Um, So the the Los Angeles Dodgers hat has, it's a funny hat because it's got like a fault line that runs down the middle of it. And so like it's very flimsily. It could at any moment, it could just give and one part of the hat just falls off. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. New, new era would not look good if their hat just fell apart the second it touched someone's head. Yeah, I know. But, but they thought that, Hey, this is a thing. I mean, earthquakes happen. LA's here. It's bound to fall into the ocean at some point. Whenever yeah. <laughs> mother nature decides that should happen. Right. Of course. Well, that's really interesting, right? Let, you know, let's, let's go up, um, let's go up to Pacific coast highway yes. and stop in San Francisco for the San Francisco giants. Yes. I would love to know about their hat. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a classic team right there. Well, as you know, San Francisco is, is a very hilly city mm-hmm. and it is also known for excrement being all over the sidewalk. So of course it's a, it's a poop shaped hat, Jack, but it says SF on oh, the front. Sorry. It's a swirly hat. And it's yeah, curl, yeah, uh-huh. with SF and everybody knows, and it's got uh, syringes sticking out of it. So it's just kind <laughs> of like a double for like, Hey, we're from San Francisco. You'd, you don't even have to see the San Francisco logo to know that that right. person is rooting for San Francisco. You could see them from behind. Yeah. You see a poop hat with uh, syringes sticking out of it. And you know that mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, it's a uh, San Francisco. Yeah, absolutely. Well, gosh, you know, that makes all the sense in the world. What about their, uh, their, their town right, uh, right, right next door? What about the Oakland A's? What, o- what do they do with their hat? Oakland A's. Well, of course, uh, you know, A's, the Oakland. So Oakland is across the bay, I think. That's right. Yeah. And it's, and, and it's a, maybe a wonderful place, but I'm going to guess that it isn't. And uh, so the Oakland A's, well, of course, Hank Aaron played for the Oakland A's. Okay. No, he had an A on his hat. That, yeah, that's, that's for, for Atlanta, for the oh, Atlanta Braves. That's in Georgia. I was there. So yeah, Hank so Aaron, Hank did Aaron. Not, he did not play for the Oakland A's, and I hope you know that now. So the Oakland A's hat, uh, well, Oakland is, um, is known for looting. 
Yep. And so their <laughs> Oakland A's hat just comes without a brim, with the presumption being that the brim has been stolen. For people who need a brim, people who don't have a brim, but would like to have one. And so they resort to maybe illegal means to obtain one. And we have to forgive them for that because that's necessity. They're acting out of necessity. They needed a brim for their hat. So it's just basically an A on a bowl. So it's like a, just a yarmulke. It is an Oakland A yarmulke. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that, that, that makes, again, that makes a lot of sense. Just to, I want to hit a few more uh, uh, cities, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles. Yes. Baltimore. What a, what a great town. I'm, I'm sure you love Baltimore. And I'd love to hear about their hat. Well, it's very similar to the Oakland A's hat. <laughs> but it can be on fire. It's got a little button. You can press it in the back and it just kind of like, like the, the fire comes out of the top. It's to simulate rioting. So what happens is anytime your team wins, you press the hat and flames burst out of the top of it. And you can pretend you're like a, an immigrant owned convenience store. Right. Or a CVS. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, yeah. the way, what a great way to celebrate all that's great about Baltimore. Yeah. Love Baltimore. Uh, the Miami Marlins. Yeah. The Florida. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, it's not the uh, dolphins, Miami. Huh? It's not all oh, dolphins. Dolphins, dolphins football. football gotcha. Team. I knew that. I mm-hmm. knew that. That's why I said that. Uh, Miami okay. dolphins. No, a Marlins. And the brim is shaped like a penis in homage to the city's large gay population. <laughs> it's a penis shaped brim. Yes. But, but what about all the, the, the ladies? Just because you're gay doesn't mean you have a penis. You can be a gay lady now. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just kind of, you know, they didn't really think that out. They're busy partying. It's a party town. There's yeah, not a lot really of planning. Is. Yeah. You know, Brian, thank you so much for sharing your hat knowledge. This is really interesting. Thank you for sharing my hat knowledge. Hey, you're welcome. Hey, Brian, are you a fan of Victoria's Secret? I not only am I a fan, mm-hmm. I know what the secret is. Oh my gosh, what is the secret? She has a penis. <laughs> what that's 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 big news. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's uh, that's what We're, pink stands for. Their whole branding thing, pink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Penis in nightgown, kiddos. That's <laughs> that's what it stands for. It's an acronym. No, this yeah. wow, that is so. There, there are little Easter eggs, little teasers, uh, little uh, uh, hints that they scatter throughout their merchandising and advertising. There's just there's little things, yeah. That's such a weird way to sort of um, hide their message. It, that seems it's very convoluted. It doesn't it doesn't seem playful? It's just confusing. It seems weird. It's like why are you just leading us on? Why don't you just come out with it? Nobody cares anymore. It's not a big deal. It's like not like the 1950s. Let's talk about Victoria's secret. Yes. Now that we know her secret, yeah. let's talk about uh, uh, the fact that she's making news. She's making news. What's she doing? Did you? Well, she has decided um, that the uh, Victoria's Secret angels are no longer culturally relevant. So that what they have decided to do is to put uh, people like Megan Rapinoe. Do you know who she is? Yeah, she's married to Prince Harry. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure her, her wife would be very shocked at that. Uh, I think it's Meghan Markle. Ah, I, th- I think it's really racist of you to, to not know her last name. I'm so sorry. I did not know her last name. No, Megan Rapinoe. She's a soccer player. Exactly. Very good. She, she's a, a soccer player. Uh, not a big fan of the men. Um, and 
uh, Victoria's Secret has decided that uh, that they want to sort of celebrate all body types and and and, and shapes and and different sort of women. So they've decided they're no longer interested in attractive people because Victoria's Secret has has uh, forsaken their angels. That yes. that sort of is their brand, right? Yeah. So I was wondering if you could talk to me about you know you've been in advertising, which is actually real, um, and so you must know a lot of the other sort of brands that are um, uh, taking their 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 iconic figures out of um, rotation and, and replacing them with, with something else. And I'd love to just sort of discuss those with you, you know, the, the sort of, uh, awokening of, um, in advertising. Can we yeah. do that? Yeah. Cause I think it's important for people to know what's coming because there's nothing mm-hmm. worse than, um, to, you know, to be driving along and then you see Bob's big, big, big boy. And you're just like, oh, I, I didn't, I didn't think they were going to do that. I don't think childhood obesity is a good thing. And, uh, and, but I want you to be prepared with what's coming down the pipeline. Cause yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really great. Yeah. Thank you. You know, when, when you, when you see, when you see boner kryptonite, you know, uh, in your Victoria's secret catalog, you know, it's going to be a bit of a shocker to people. It is. Can you tell us about, um, you know, I, I know Wendy's, the fast food brand Wendy's yeah. is, uh, is replacing Wendy. Yeah. W- why are they doing that? And then what are they replacing her with? Well, she's a freckled face redhead. Correct. Kind of like Pippi Longstocking. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, they've had their she- time. You know, she's, she's had her time. Pippi Longstocking had her time and it's time to, to move on. And, um, and it's going to be Glorda. And she's like, you're, you're vaguely, you know, you're not sure where she's from. She's like a melange of, of peoples and cultures and skin tones. Uh-huh. Like her skin, mm-hmm. she, her skin actually, it's just, it's all, it's like a bunch of different tones. So it's, it's, you can't quite place her. And you don't know how to address her and you wouldn't because that's a microaggression. So you wouldn't even say like, where are you from? Cause you're just like, Glorida, hello. And, and Glorida is, is confident and, uh, and unstoppable and vibrant mm-hmm. and brave and strong. And um, she doesn't care what you think about her. Or at least she says she doesn't, uh, even though she might cry herself to sleep, but we don't know that she's just a mascot on the Wendy's sign, Glorida. And it's just going to say, yeah, it's going to say Wendy's and featuring Glorida and she'll be popping off on the sign. And again, it's hard to tell what she is or where she is. And, you know, she's genderless. They decided they, they don't want to. So the first campaign, the you know commercial campaign really has to establish that she's genderless. So, like, right. you know, so she's at, she's at Wendy's and she's eating like one of everything laid out on the table. And then the camera just kind of glides down underneath the table. So you start at the food and the camera goes down and then slowly goes underneath the table. And then you see that Glorida is not wearing pants or a skirt, but has a seamless crotch. It's seamless. There's nothing there. And so you, uh, you understand right then, Oh, Glorida has no gender. Glorida is gender neutral in, in every way, in every way. So she has a body shape, the, the shape of a Wendy's burger. Well, she's, she's kind of, yeah, she's, she's, she's more like an egg with a square bottom and a seamless crotch and then two legs that are, one is hairy and one isn't. So you're like, you're looking at it like, what is it? Okay. There's a, maybe a potentially feminine and and maybe masculine. We don't know. And, and, and then the camera just kind of goes back up and you see Glorida has finished everything. And then she just looks up and she goes more. And then, and then the current, and it just says Wendy's. She sounds like a, a thing that the Goonies had in their basement. Uh, you know what? It, it's funny. It was inspired by the Goonies. 
But I, you know, I, I'm excited more, for more. it. More. Glory to more. Yeah. And that's. Glory to more. Yeah. <laughs> What uh, and and again, she has so many skin tones. It sounds like it, it would look like she just has a bunch of birthmarks with all these different patches of skin. It's just it's just it's just kind of it's gradiated. Is it? She's her skin. Okay. Her skin is a gradient of colors. Okay, and it's it's just like what they did was they took a sample from Photoshop of every skin tone from every <laughs> race and culture across the world, and they mixed it all up and they made a gradient. And so, and mm-hmm. it's, it's really phenomenal, you know, as you know, it's just, it's got, it's amazing what they did. I mean, it sounds inclusive. I mean, it's, I, I would eat there, you know, it's my third favorite fast food chain, but I would eat there just because I'm told like, you know, you're supposed to support black owned businesses. And it sounds like Florida could be that. It could, you don't know is black owned, women owned. We don't know. It's, it's yeah. everything owned. Just support it. Just go. That, I, 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 <laughs> Glorida doesn't. Can you just tell me like one other like um, way that they're sort of going to introduce Glorida, like any other sort of like uh, use she's going to have in a commercial? I'm so normally I would move on, but I'm so interested in this character of Glorida. Yeah. Like, like, you know, maybe where she's like, you know, they usually have some sort of uh, commercial where like they're interacting with kids or something. Oh, yeah. Glorida, you know, loves and hates kids because she wants them, (laughs) but also doesn't want them. Uh-huh. And so you see her, you know, she's bouncing a child on the one, uh, the, the hairless leg. And then the hairy leg is kicking a child away. Kid, the kid that keeps <laughs> approaching. And so you kind of kind of like, well, uh-huh. she, I can't, you know, I don't know where she, she falls. Is she good with kids? Mm-hmm. Is she bad with kids? Or is she kind of neutral? And where's her, right. where's her genitals? There's nothing there. <laughs> That seems like a really big focus of this new character. Yeah. Well, I mean, they do want to establish that right up front. They don't want, you know, you know, you kind of knew Hamburglar wore striped socks really early on. <laughs> they want you to know that Glorida has a seamless crotch, but an anus. Cause of course with all that food, something has to come out. <laughs> Every character in the history of advertising that has consumed things, you just assume the anus. Yeah. Well, you can't assume anymore. You just don't know. <laughs> okay. You don't want to be anusist <laughs> and, and assume that they have one. All right. And the whole the whole thing's very confusing. Okay, Florida. Florida. Wendy's everybody. Yeah. Okay. You know, I hate to ask about the next one, but it's it's right here on my list, so I have to ask uh, the Pillsbury Doughboy. Yes. Like uh, that's a beloved, you know, every, every kid sort of like giggles when they see the Pillsbury Doughboy, you know, in the commercials growing up and you, you push his little belly and he goes, hee hee. Yep. And it's like, oh, it's so funny. And he's, it, and so you buy Pillsbury products because of this guy with from cake frosting to, to dough to, to biscuits. Yeah. But what, why are they, why are they using their, this new woke thing on the Pillsbury Doughboy? Well, um, you know, he, he has to atone for his whiteness. Oh, he's, yeah. he's bright white. Mm-hmm. And you know, now when you push him, instead of going, hee hee, he's going to say, I'm sorry about systemic racism. <laughs> and so it's just a way of kind of getting those talking points out there. You know, mm-hmm. America was founded by bad people. Like that kind of stuff. It's just basically what my kids are learning in school will now be coming out of the Pillsbury <laughs> Doughboy uh, in croissant commercials. <laughs> So can you walk us through a, can you walk us 
through the new woke Pillsbury Doughboy and, and how he might, uh, you know, behave in a commercial as he's like, you know, walking on the counter with mom or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's, so like it starts off and there's a woman and mm-hmm. she is making these, the pill, the buttermilk biscuits. Oh, they're so good. They're, well, you'll see. And so she's <laughs> making the buttermilk biscuits and then the Pillsbury Doughboy kind of walks in and looks at her and disapprovingly. And then she looks at the Pillsbury Doughboy and pushes her finger into his stomach. And he says, buttermilk biscuits are from the South and the South is where slavery was. And so she, it kind of trashes her, her dinner. And then the dinner guests are there. And you know, of course it's a diverse crowd, like every commercial. And so she, you know, she kind of looks, you know, squeamishly over there. And then she looks on the wall and it shows that she went to Emory University in Atlanta. And then <laughs> her, her wedding photo is in front of a plantation. And it's all, yep, she's making with her all the husband. Yeah. And she's making all the connections and her dinner guests just get up in silence and then walk out. And the Pillbury Doughboy wow. do goes, you earned this. <laughs> Pillsbury. Pillsbury. You know, Tony the Tiger. He's great. That that he's great. That's a really good point, Brian. Um I, Tiger, that's there's nothing, you know, obviously nothing wrong with a tiger. Right. So I'm I'm very I'm very surprised that they're 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 changing the way that they, they are with Tony. what's going on with Tony? Oh, well they were they're getting rid of Tony. Uh because what they what? wanted well, so what happened was uh, there's a commercial and it's going to be Tony, the tiger. And he's going to say, they're great. And then you hear a shot ring out and, and then you see just a little red dot appear in his throat and he just kind of keels over. And then the camera pans and zooms in. And then in the, bu- in the, in the brush, in the distance is a dentist with a scoped hunting rifle. <laughs> and he's there with his wife, who's kind of heavy set. And a tour guide, and it turns out they're wealthy uh, people who are in Botswana. And then the dentist, you know, stands up and goes, "I got him! I got him!" And then they run, and they 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 cuts to Tony the Tiger's head on a wall in this guy's uh, luxurious house outside in the suburbs of Chicago. And Uh and then there's just and then the camera pans to a bowl of frosted flakes. And then you just hear very sad music. They're great. And then it turns to the dentist and his wife and, and you just hear a whisper, kill them. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of to incite uh, people to, to murder people they don't like. What? But I just wanted something for breakfast. Yeah. Well, it's too, it's too late for that. <laughs> Everything's complicated now, Jack. Was, was that my privilege talking? That was your privilege. You don't get to to say you just want to have breakfast and not politics. Well, okay. Well, I'm sorry if I've offended anybody. Oh, you have. <laughs> I guarantee that's true. Well, Brian, uh, you know, as usual, um, your knowledge uh, uh, blows me away and humbles me. Thank well, you for sharing. I'm glad I could have blow you away and humble you. Yes. I'm uncomfortable now. I I know. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Jack. Yes, Brian. I have a friend named Brad. Brad's, yeah, I know. He's okay. a director. You know this. He's a director. He's done movies and stuff. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he sees you as one of the most uh, brilliant actors of our time, just undiscovered. And as you know, he's been trying really hard to get you discovered. He's been getting yep. you into tons of auditions, things that uh, most actors would kill for. 
And as you know, his audition process is is very strict. You you have to read the script. You can't break character or you don't get the role. He's very strict about that. That's that's the way he's done it ever since he picked up a film camera. Yeah, I mean, look, directors have their quirks and I respect that. And, you know, if it, you know, you don't get in the way of someone's artistic process. That's right. So uh, he sent me a few scripts he'd like you to audition for. OK, I mean, look, I, I know I'm very, very lucky. Some would say blessed to get this close. There are hundreds of thousands of actors who would kill just to be able to audition for a legitimate movie director like Brad. Yeah. But, you know, I, I've, I've kind of haven't done well at this in the past and it's a little humiliating for me. It's, I got to tell you, it's pretty sad. Your compassion really comes through the microphone. I yeah. I think well, I put the compassion filter on. Let me, uh, let me tweak that. All right, there we go. Compassion filter is now Thanks. back on. I'm sending you a script now. All right. So now Jack, let me pull up my, uh, thing. Okay, now this is a movie called Blue Origin, okay? Okay. Jack, okay. this this is an Amazon Studios production uh, about the okay. launch of Amazon's Blue Origin spaceship. So Amazon's actually making a movie about their Blue Origin spaceship. Uh, now, in okay. this movie, uh, on the ship's introductory launch, you got the pilot, co-pilot, Jeff Bezos, and Boris, who is a, a Russian oligarch who paid $28 million for the chance to, to fly into space with Jeff Bezos. Uh, now, okay. Brad would like you to read for the role of Jeff Bezos. He thinks you've got kind of like a, a Bezos thing going and, and he would like cool. you. Yeah, I know. He, he kind of sees a uh, Jeff Bezos in you. Um, so uh, wow. let's, without any further ado, Jack, let's get into the script. Okay. Interior blue origin spaceship day hmm. alert lights flash as Boris reaches the cockpit to find both crew members out cold. Jeff Bezos is right behind him looking calm and very manly. Oh no, Jeff Bezos. Both the pilot and co-pilot have been rendered unconscious. We'll never survive re-entry. Jeff Bezos, who's very muscular, removes his helmet. Don't you worry, Boris. I'm prepared for this. Jeff Bezos opens a panel and removes several wires. Do you know what you're doing, Jeff Bezos? Of course I do. I make it a point to read every book I sell, so I know a lot of things. Wow, you read all your books? Amazon has such a great selection. You must have so much knowledge. One time I saw a pregnant woman about to touch cat poop. I told her, don't touch that cat poop or you can get toxoplasmosis and trigger a spontaneous abortion. What did she say, Jeff Bezos? Get out of my house. My husband's a cop. But the message was received. And I'm happy to report that she did not touch the cat poo. Wow. You saved her baby and she didn't even appreciate it or give you a positive review. That's okay. I've read enough self-help books to be able to cope. Is that why you don't seem nervous, Jeff Bezos? <laughs> yes. I'm not scared. I read Stephen King's Pet Cemetery, so I know what happens when you die. Wow. I can tell you anything you want to know uh, about Waterloo, diabetes, or Vikings. Wow. Reading books is so great, especially if you're an Amazon Prime member and can get them delivered for free. Reading really is great. It's allowed me to truly understand exactly what prison is like, but without the, uh, but without all the ouchy bum stuff. Wow. Super smart and super wealthy. You've got it all, Jeff Bezos. That's what the ladies say, if you know what I mean. I think I do. Speaking of ladies, thanks to all the anatomy books I've read, I know exactly where the nerve clusters are. That makes me the world's greatest lover. Wow, Jeff Bezos, you should be beating girls off with a stick. 
Yeah, your average schmuck is wasting his time not looking for the G-spot. Not all Jeff Bezos. I go straight for the nerve clusters. Oh, Jeff Bezos, you are so romantic. Any supermodel or A-list actress such as Jennifer Lawrence would be lucky to have you, if only for a day. Mm, can't say I disagree. I think I could make Jennifer Lawrence very happy. And if her people contact my people, we can make that happen. Well, I sure hope Jennifer Lawrence's people call you Jeff Bezos. I'd be on her nerve clusters like stink on a roadkill skunk. Hmm. Huh. Kind of lost it in the middle there. Yeah, the middle. Man, I, I, I know I tripped. I, I heard it. That seems very um, promotional, that, that movie. Well, it is an Amazon Studios production, and it is, um, you know, produced by Amazon, and it does feature Jeff Bezos and their spaceship. So it is kind of understandable, I guess. I guess. I, th I feel like Brad could do better, but I mean, look, take that paycheck. He's happy. To, yeah, he's just he's happy to be working in, the, in these trying times. I'm sending you another one. Okay. Here it comes. Okay. Now this one. I thought, I thought you did great today, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. All right. Ready? All right. This one is called Ponderosa Way. Okay. It's a classic Western. It's set in Arizona. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Set in Arizona in the 1800s. Uh, the protagonist, okay. Bruce Joylin, uh, who you'd be playing, has been deputized Ooh. by the sheriff to capture Evan Jerome, who's the leader of the notorious Jerome gang. Okay, exterior, scrublands, late day. Burke, I'll be playing Burke, and Joylin, that'd be you, on horseback, come across a fork in the road. Well, doggone it, this pass splits into two. There's no way of knowing which way the Jerome gang went. Actually, I beg to differ. There is a way. Oh, yeah? How would you know which way they went? Come here and look at that cactus. Yeah, so? Well, right down here, near the bottom. Look at that. The spider? Bingo. How does a spider indicate which way the Jerome gang went? That's exactly what we're going to find out. Joylin gets down from his horse. He gets on all fours and talks to the spider. Good afternoon, Mr. Spider. My name's Bruce Joylin. My colleague Burke and I are looking for the Jerome gang. Any chance you've seen anything? Huh? No, no need to be afraid. You can speak freely. It's a spider, Joylin. Uh, sure is. And I know that spiders like to do the right thing. Ain't that true, Mr. Spider? But they don't talk. Now, I understand you don't know me, but I guarantee you'd be better off meeting me than the drone gang. If you know which direction they went, we sure appreciate you telling us, Mr. Spider. I assure you they need to be brought to justice. Uh, why, why don't we just pick a path? Maybe the one that looks like a bunch of horses went down it. No, I know Mr. Spider saw something. It's just taking some time for him to come around. How do you know it's a him? He pees standing up. Jorlin, why don't... Shh! I can hear that he's about to say something. You know that look spiders get when they're about to talk? I don't, actually. Well, I do. And I can see here that Mr. Spider has a story to tell. I tell you what, I'm going to go down this path. You can go down the other path. And that way, at least one of us will be on the right path. Talk to me, Mr. Spider, please. One Christian to another. Okay, I'm heading out. You do whatever. The Shh, shh. he's talking. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Why, thank you, Mr. Spider. You did a good thing. Huh. He said they went that way. 
and he overheard them talking about holing up in some abandoned gold mine near Helen Falls. Jordan, there's no way that spider said anything like that to you. They can't talk. They barely have brains. They don't even speak English. So you're either pulling my leg or you've lost your cotton-picking mind. I've never been so insulted in my life. Burke, you're a real son of a gun. Ain't that right, Mrs. Cactus? <laughs> hmm. A shame. I, I see why Westerns died. Yeah, they're they're just different. They don't feel right anymore. Yeah, it, it yeah it feels as we search for sort of like modern uh, fun filmmaking again. I'm not sure this is it. Yeah, um, uh, that's okay. It doesn't matter. You're not. You won't be in it. So, uh, <laughs> I've got one more for you. You might like oh, this. I, you are you are a sports kind of person, right? You like sports. I. I am a sports kind of person. You are a sports kind of person. Um, I remember because you got really mad at me the one time in the office when Syracuse lost to Michigan. And, yeah. and you walked in the office and I had put a Michigan, I printed out a Michigan banner and put it behind me. Uh-huh. I think that was the first time you really got angry at me. You're like, take that down. I vaguely remember that. Just, you know, just trolling. Uh, okay. Well, this one. Yeah. I, huh? I would see that. I would not react well to that. Well, I'm excited. I love sports. Okay. Uh, okay. Tell me about the movie. This movie is called Shula. Hmm. And it is about a Don Shula. It's a biopic. About, well, you know who Don Shula is. Uh, no, the writer does. Whoever the screenwriter uh, knows who Don Shula is. I'm, I'm not, right. you know, completely aware. I, I know yep. he, he plays a football coach, a really That's good right. winning football coach. Okay, uh, so Shula is a biopic about the NFL's winningest coach, Don Shula. Now, this scene takes place during the Super Bowl, number seven, in 1973, with the Miami Dolphins, coached by Don Shula, versus the Washington Redskins, or as we call them now, the Washington football team. Uh, that's and right, that's right. Brad thinks you would be great for Don Shula. He just sees something in you. He, he You remind him of Don Shula. So, exterior, okay. Los Angeles Coliseum Field Day. Don Shula huddles with the team. Super Bowl seven. He's wearing a coach shirt because that's what football coaches wear to let the other players know that they are the coach. Okay, boys, this is it. The big game, the game we love with all the running and the padding and the helmets. And we are the Miami Dolphins. So I think we owe it to Dolphins to win because they are smart fish. So they will know if we lose. And if we lose, they will cry, even though you can't see tears, uh, even, uh, even though you can't see a dolphin cry because seawater and tears are kind of the same thing. We will know in our hearts that we just let down dolphins and not just the team, the dolphins, but also the mammal that swims in the ocean and sometimes gets hit by a boat feller. Isn't that right, Mookie Betts? Yes, coach. So let's do the football thing. If someone throws you the ball, just grab it and run like you're being chased by a bunch of Indians, but not Native Americans. I mean, guys from Bombay, like a mob, like a mob of people who are excellent at spelling bees. But they're coming to take that ball from you. And yes, the ball is a weird shape and hard to throw because of it. But let's just do football stuff and run to the end. And when you run to the end, and if no one knocks you down, you throw the ball down hard and celebrate. What do you say, Mookie? Excelsior. That's right. So do the best football you can do. Push people out of the way if they get in the way. And don't bite them under the belt. We're going to play fair and square and out football them is we only have a limited time to play this game before all our brains turn to jelly. Isn't that right, Moogie? Filibuster. Okay, boys, give me your best. I love you and all your moms. 
Did you turn off your that's microphone? So, oh. That's so bad. Uh, yeah, it's a weird movie. I, I, it's really weird. I, I feel like the writer of this movie knows very limited sports and just tossed Mookie Betts in there. That's the impression really I got. knowing much about him. That's the impression I got. It's almost like he thought Mookie Betts was just a name that worked. Yeah, I guess. But Mookie Betts, to be clear, was born in October, just a couple days after you and I, uh, October 7th, 1992. Really? Yeah. So he couldn't have even been in, in the Super Bowl in 1973. So it's kind of, yeah, it's anachronistic, I guess, or chronologically inaccurate, as we'd say in the screenwriting it, business. Is there a time travel element to this, do you think? I, you know, that's the, he only sent me those three pages of the script. So there may be some kind of element where Mookie Betts crawls into a, a time machine and goes to the Super Bowl in 1973. But, I, you know, they don't show you the whole script. They just give you the little scenes they want you to read for. Yeah, they're called sides. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a shame. Because, well, I, mean, I know Mookie's in Los Angeles now, so maybe he's getting acting opportunities. I don't get this. Uh, that's too bad because it seems like a really exciting scene, just building and getting getting everybody riled up, giving that big speech like Kenneth Branagh and, and Henry V. You know, like getting yeah, everybody rallied up. Shakespearean. And Don Shula sure is obsessed with the fish dolphins. Yeah. They're mammals that swim. Mammals that swim. <sighs> well. That seems, I, I would have liked the, the movie, but uh, it seems bad. A lot of bad movies getting made. Someone's going to make them. <laughs> Someone's got to make them. Well, doggone it. I really wanted to, 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 to do it this week. Yeah. It's a shame. Well, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I let myself down. I'm sorry. You let me down too, but mostly. <laughs> How did I let you down? Cause I was just hoping for a new co-host. What? I mean, not, not nothing personal. Uh, I just was thinking more or less like, you know, like a blonde bombshell, you know, somebody who was wears halter tops, who has a, you know, a, a very tight abs. Uh, who just stands up a lot during the recording process and shows off her denim miniskirt. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Well, I mean, look, I, I put on my COVID weight, so I, I am a little chesty these days. Yeah. And hairier than I'd like in a co-host, to be honest. Okay. Well, thank you for being honest. Maybe we could offline this. We should just end the show because this is just hurting my feelings now. Let's take it offline. That was Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Follow the podcast to get every episode. Our website is qmpodcast.com. Our email is contact at qmpodcast.com. 